Thank you, Lord. Amen. Stand with us. Take your Bibles, if you will. Turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22. It's been good to be here thus far, hasn't it? Say amen. 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 Yes. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate what God has done. And if you, uh, if you've not been here and been part of our life group, we life group, we encourage you to be here at 10 o'clock. Be a part of, uh, be a part of that next Sunday. Psalm chapter 22. And I'm, I'm just going to. Go down and, and straight to verse number three. And while you're turning there, let me mention a couple. Of, let me mention a couple of things. Uh, <clears throat> I want to remind you of our baptism next Sunday. Next Sunday's baptism uh, be be out at the river. So if you need to be baptized, let me know so we can get your your names uh, on there. And uh, and we're excited about that. So thankful for. Uh, for this part of your your spiritual journey to be able to to do that following Christ in obedience to his commands but that's next Sunday now today we we missed getting it in the bulletin it's on our calendar uh but uh today is the first Sunday of the month and so we're uh we've got our first Sunday uh fellowship scheduled uh we we, we I didn't get it in the bulletin I apologize for that but we, we polled the ladies in our life group, and they all, I'll just tell you, the rest of our ladies, they were gung-ho about going ahead and doing this, even at last minute's notice. Uh, so it's a, tonight's our first Sunday night fellowship, uh, and it's just a potluck. Uh, just bring uh, what, whatever, whatever, whatever goes, I guess. Uh, whatever uh, Danny likes, you bring, and, uh, and we'll be, and, and whatever kind of dessert Ira likes, you bring that for dessert. Because uh, he'll skip the main meal and go straight to desserts. Uh, but anyway, potluck meal. Now we'll begin at five o'clock tonight, and what we'll do is, is we'll come straight here and have service. Uh, we'll just go straight into preaching, maybe a congregational, and certainly prayer. Uh, and then we'll go straight into preaching. And whenever the Lord's done, we'll be done, maybe around six o'clock, Lord willing. And we'll move over and we'll eat at six and just have a good time of, of fellowship over there. And that's tonight at five o'clock. We'll start our service at five. And it'll be a potluck meal in our first Sunday night fellowship. And if, you, if you've never been to one of these or you don't stay, please, we're asking you to come and please stay and be a part of this. These times of fellowship are so essential uh, to building the body of Christ. Uh, so much is gained uh, from sitting around the table. Study the life of Jesus. Uh, one old preacher uh, wrote a book on, uh, it might have been Oliver B. Green, a book on uh, table talk, and he had sermons on the table talk of our Lord, because there were many events in the life of our Lord that took place around the table, and table talk. And, uh, of course, I've got a sermon on that. That's part of the, the, the demise of the home. We don't have table talk anymore. We're going through a drive through throwing the fries in the back seat to the kids, like throwing uh, chicken into a cage at a, li- at a lion's uh, display at a zoo. Uh, we eat here, there, in front of the TV, on the porch, whatever, but we don't sit down at a table as a family anymore. Well, you got me off on sidetrack there now, but tonight at 5 o'clock. And uh, also tonight, last Sunday, we had a rest home service, and that was the fifth Sunday. And so we did not get to take up our youth offering last Sunday. We do that every fifth Sunday. And so tonight, uh, making up for missing last week, we will take up our youth offering. So uh, the offering in its entirety will go to our youth fund. So be ready to give toward that tonight. We love our children so very, very much and our young people. 
and uh, we just we're just uh, we believe that they are the church of today. That we thank God for giving uh, us. You show me a church where there's no children and young people, and I'll show you a church that's dead. Uh, it's not it's not dying. It's dead already. Uh, if there's no young people there, so we we appreciate that. Psalm 22. And I want you to look at one verse. I want you to think on this thought this morning. I want you to think on if you praise Him. If you praise Him. This is that verse I so often quote, but God has led us there this morning. It's, it's a theme on our heart. Psalm 22, verse number 3. Somebody get Danny a Bible. He's our, our, one of our deacons. Half, half our deacon board ain't carrying their Bibles. <laughs> uh, uh, there we go. There we go. Uh. Now that was from the sister, not from the pastor. That was from the sister. Listen, we just like to cut up and have a good time around here. So if you're visiting us, we just want you to know that as soon as I get to know you, I'll call your name out from up here and we'll make fun of you for a little while. Uh, and you can make fun of me. We, we, we like laughing and having a good time in the Lord. Uh, but uh, if you praise Him, Psalm 22, verse number 3, But thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Literally, thou that dwells uh, in the praises of Israel. That word inhabitus or means dwells, and it refers really to, to, to tabernacle uh, among the praises of God's people. Literally, to set up an abode, to make home uh, oneself uh, in the praises, in the midst of the praises of God's people. If uh, you praise Him, you may be seated and let's pray this morning. Our Father in heaven, I thank You, Lord, today. You have given me voice for You. I thank You for a tongue that can speak, a mind that can think, eyes that can see Your Word, and God, a body to serve with. I pray You'd forgive me of all of my sin. We claim the blood of Jesus Christ and the resurrection, resurrection power of our Lord upon this body of believers and upon this hilltop today. I pray, God, you will open our ears this morning, and most of all, that our hearts would be open unto you and your will and the Word of God as it speaks to our very heart. God, I'm asking you that you'd give me the words, Lord, to say, that you'd bring to my mind things I've not studied and prepared for, take away from my mind things you'd not have said or done, and God, we just want to give you the glory right now. I pray you'll bind every demon in hell. I pray you'll loose your spirit, God, without measure and without restraint upon this body of Christ today. And God, we pray that we'll leave here encouraged in the Lord. Father, if there's somebody here that's never been saved, somebody that's lost, somebody that's never made their heart right before you, and I pray today, God, that they'll give their life, they'll surrender and yield their life to the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation that, Father, you may make in them a vessel that is fit for your glory. And God, we just want to commit all things into your hands. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Psalm 22, the Bible teaches us that truth there, that, that, that our Lord, who is holy, that He inhabits, He dwells in the praises uh, of the people of God. I was thinking about what praise is according to the Bible. And much of what we see in our churches today, uh, efforts being made in our churches today in an attempt to get people to praise uh, is not biblical uh, at all. And I started thinking about one of the supreme examples uh, of praise that is found in the Word of God. Now, I mention this often, and I do so because it was an influential passage uh, in my early ministry. God used it 
to really speak to me and to move me uh, in a closer walk with Him. But that passage is over in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. Every time I go there, it's, uh, there's something fresh and new in that text for me. One of the things that Acts 16 tells us is, is that Paul and Silas, they'd cast out this demon out of this uh, woman, uh, a spirit of uh, 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 fortune-telling. We've been talking about some of this in Life Group. Uh, and, uh, and the owners of that girl got so upset that they had Paul and Silas arrested. Now, keep in mind, criminals in that day, they had no rights. Uh, when you committed a crime, you forfeited your rights. In America today, you commit a crime, you suddenly get bestowed upon you more rights than the average law-abiding citizen has, but that's another sermon altogether. Uh, so Paul and Silas were arrested for doing the work of God. They were beaten, tortured, if you will, Uh, and then cast into an inner prison. And let me tell you, they didn't have these prison inspection committees. Uh, They didn't have these federal overseers to to monitor what was taking place in a prison. In fact, if you committed a crime in that day, the purpose of the government was to punish you for that crime, and they punished you every way possible, including the condition of the prisons in which you were cast into Literally, history will tell you that this prison they were cast into after being beat, put in stocks, stretched in contorted, terrible positions, in pain to be in stocks on legs and arms both. Uh, that the condition of this prison, that it, these prison cells were literally like a large septic tank. Filthiness, excrements from prisoners around you or prisoners before you, much like being bound and thrown into a hog pen uh, to live out your sentence. That's the condition that Paul and Silas found themselves in. Uh, But Paul and Silas, we know the story, they prayed, and that kind of prayer was not the begging God for help, begging God for needs kind of prayer, but they prayed, praised in their praying, and then they sung songs of praise to God in the midst of all of that, They praised His name, and the Bible says this. The Bible says then there was a great earthquake. Prison prison doors opened, uh, and uh, and, and Paul and Silas uh, led the Philippian jailer to the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but how many times have you prayed an earthquake? How many times have you prayed and chains fell? How many times have you prayed and prison bars came open? How many times have you prayed and somebody got saved right at the time of your praying? Well, it happened with Paul and Silas. So what caused the discharge of this power? What caused that kind of power from God to fall down among Paul and Silas in an old pig pen of a jail cell and caused prison bars to come open, the ground to shake in such a way to where that happened, and then the jailer and his whole family is converted and won to the Lord. What caused all of that? Well, it was because Paul and Silas praised unto God. You need to know three things today. Number one, you need to know that praise, it elevates us into God's presence and into God's power. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Praise elevates us into the presence and the power of God. Praise, in fact, it is the channel that God uses uh, to grace us with His presence and with His power. You know, it's much like that television set uh, sitting 
sitting in your, your living room. I know we got cable and all that today. But, but not so many years ago, we didn't have cable and satellite and all that kind of stuff. It isn't amazing today where we have to have 161 channels. It is a necessity I mean, we could be losing everything and going hungry, but we have to have 161 channels, and not so many years ago you only got three, and that depended on the cloud cover and the weather or whether there was leaves on the trees. Man, times have changed. But back in those days, listen to me, those, those, that channel that you were looking for, that, those airwaves were filling that house. That they, they were there. They were present. If you have it on the wrong channel, you won't pick it up. But you ever get the right channel, and that station comes in loud, and it comes in clear. And so it is with the presence and the power of God. You ever get the right channel, and you'll experience the presence and the power of God. And so praise uh, in the heart from the heart of God's people. Praise uh, is the channel that God uses to unleash His presence uh, and His power among the people of God and in our lives. Now listen to me, so this is what we learn right here. So, praise is not a reaction to the presence and the power of God. See, that's what we think it is today. That's why we come waiting. That's why we come and before we raise our hands before we express gratitude from our heart, before we express thanksgiving, but before we shed tears, uh, before we ex- express praise and whatever, that's why we come and before we do any of those things, we are waiting for the, to experience the presence and the power of God. And then when we experience it, we'll react to it. But listen to me, praise is not a reaction to the power and the presence of God. You react so many times to the power and the presence of God. You show up waiting, and somewhere along the way, God shows up in power and in presence, and then you start to react to it. You begin to cry, you begin to praise, lift your hands, express it from your heart, shout, dance before the Lord, whatever, clap your hands. You begin to do that, not because you praised Him first, and then He moved in power and in His presence, but you showed up waiting, and thank God while you were waiting, somebody else already tapped into the right channel and was expressing thanksgiving and praise to God, and God honored that one individual or that two, and shows up in power and glory, and then everybody else gets in on it. But listen to me, praise is not a reaction to the presence, not merely a reaction the presence and the power of God. Oh, it should happen. If God shows up, you should praise Him. Don't get me wrong, but it's not merely a reaction. See, praise is its the initiator. It's the vehicle, if you will, that brings us into God's power and into God's presence. What if Paul and Silas had laid there and just waited? What if they would have laid there and just bled out on that old filthy ground of that jail cell. What if they just hung out and were just waiting on God? Paul says, what are you doing? Well, we're just being still and waiting on the Lord. 
What what, what are you going to do? We're just going to wait. We're just going to stand by. We're just going to see what happens. No, they didn't do that. See, Paul already knew that that praise and thanksgiving, uh, that it was the initiator to get God in heaven to move among it. He already knew the 22nd Psalm because the 22nd Psalm is a prophetic psalm of Jesus on the cross. So he already knew uh, that God inhabits, He dwells among the praises of His people. So I say this, if you want more of His presence, you want to see His power, you want to see Him move in earthquake fashion, then here's what we do. We don't show up and wait uh, to react to the presence of God, uh, but we show up and we praise Him anyway and regardless and you just watch what happens. God in heaven, my friend, will move in presence and power and do signs and wonders and miracles among us when God's people praise Him. Praise elevates us into the presence of God. In fact, you know what Jesus said over in Matthew 18? He says this, he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Where two or three, or two or more are gathered in His name. And that means when we come together, somebody ought to be testifying in His name. They ought to be testifying His name. They ought to be bragging on His name. Somebody ought to be singing about Jesus. Somebody ought to be preaching about Jesus. Somebody ought to be weeping because of Jesus and His goodness in our life. Where two or three are gathered in my name, He says, there I am. There I am. And so when we come together, not just waiting, but when we come together, not just looking or, or idly sitting by, but when we come together and we've got it in our heart that we're here because of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're here to exalt Him, to adore Him, I don't care what my neighbor does, I don't care what my brother does, I don't care what my sister does. I know why I come this morning. I come this morning to boast in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who sought me, saved me, sealed me with His blood, the one that sustains me day to day with great grace. I exalt that Savior. That Jesus is who I praise, and when we do that, then His presence and His power will be evident in our midst as we praise His name. Jesus says that. In fact, the writer of the Hebrews said this. The writer of the book of Hebrews said, I will, de- I will declare thy name unto the brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. He, he, he didn't say, I'm going to hang out and when God does something, buddy, I'm going, I'll have a testimony. He didn't say, I'll, I'll hang out and when I see God move, when I feel God move, I'm just waiting on Him. Uh, well, then I'll boast of the Lord. No, He said, I will declare His name in the midst of the church. I will sing praise unto the... See, the Bible, these Bible characters, these Bible writers, what they did... They looked to their past and they saw that God had already done enough for them. Uh, that through creation and through redemption by the power of His right hand, uh, God had done it all and that all was enough for them to praise Him and to bless Him for all the rest of the days of their life. Let me tell you something. I don't need a brand new house to praise Him. I don't have to get a new car. I don't have to get a pay raise. I don't have to get a check in the mail, my friend. I shouldn't have to get a good doctor's report because you know what? I've got reason just to thank God. I told our life group I guess a while ago if God killed me and struck me dead right here I'd still have to praise his name I'd still have to say thou art holy God and thank him for dwelling in the midst of the praises of his people so we've come we've come just to praise him so listen to me here's what we learn about Paul and Silas and we learn from this text that the Holy Spirit becomes evident 
subsequent to the praises and the thanksgiving of God's people. The Spirit becomes evident subsequent to that, that that He shows up in power and in glory after we praise Him and we thank Him and we rejoice in Him. See, some people think that worship and praise and worship, that it's a response after the Spirit moves upon them. Uh, but not so. Let me tell you something. There, there's, here's what separates this church from the old church. The church of today from the old church. And I can even remember as a boy, Brother Randy in Baltimore Baptist Church, that, that old church just 30 years ago, that old church, man, they were a revival church. Uh, they were a church that had revival. And folks were saved. The churches were full. Communities, my friend. Uh, they organized event, as events and things around the church and around the activities of worship on Sundays and Wednesdays or revivals. I mean, God moved in these hills and all throughout, uh, all throughout the world. But God moved in these hills uh, in, in those days just not 30 years ago. In all of our churches, God moved in great ways. And you want to know why? And it's funny because it's ironic that you see this now in third world countries. But the reason was is because when God's people would gather, the choir would get to singing, somebody would stand up in the choir and start testifying, and people would stand around the church. And if somebody was testifying over here standing, I've I got to get on that right there just for a minute. Uh, you, know, if, you know, if you went to meet the governor, you'd stand uh, to meet the governor. If the president showed up, everybody would stand and, and all of that. Uh, well, people used to stand in church uh, to testify about God's good grace. But if one was standing over here testifying and somebody else needed to move, they would stand and wait their turn. And somebody would be standing over here. And somebody would be standing over here. And people standing all around the house of God waiting their turn to boast and to brag in Jesus Christ. And in that church in that day, God unleashed His power and His glory and there was revival across this land during that day and time. We wonder today why our churches don't grow, why they're dead and declining. Well, it's because we've stopped standing and we've stopped. We 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 begin. We have become a reaction, a reactionary force today. God's got to do something first before He's worthy of our thanks and our praise and adoration. That's not Bible. That's not Bible at all. The Bible says that that praise uh, that it's that vehicle, it's that channel in which God says, "I'll use that. I'll come down. I'll dwell in the midst. They'll see my power and they'll see my glory." That's God's way. That's God's way. So praise, it, it elevates us into the presence uh, and, 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 and to the power of God. Now that word praise there, literally it means to commend or to applaud or to magnify. It's, it's a heartfelt expression that comes from the inside. Praise is not merely external where we go through rites and rituals and motions and all of that. It has to erupt from inside of the heart. Uh, and, and once it comes from the heart, and see, this is the problem I have got. We, we crank up these bands, and, and we think that the louder we play, the more God's going to show up, or the, the quicker God's going to show up. Uh, and, 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 you know, we do all of these things in an effort to get God to be here in power and in glory. 
the fact of the matter is, we don't have to do all these tricks and gimmicks and all of that stuff. All we've got to do is come together and praise Him and thank Him and let it come from the inside of our heart. And the Bible says, as in Acts 16, uh, that God will show up and my friend, there'll be wonders done that will magnify His name all the more so. We've just got to praise Him. It's interesting to note when the Church of America quit doing that, these third world countries, talk to Dennis Barnett, these little churches of 50 and 60 people meeting under a tarp. The very first parts of the service is spent with those people who walk for miles to get under a little old tarp. The first part of the service is, is so they could stand up and tell of God's good grace in their life from the week they've just experienced. What about that? We lay in a house that's got central heating and air, put on the finest of clothes, nice shoes, 41 pairs in your closets, lady. Ladies, we get in a nice car and we drive to church and we come in and we are again quiet as a church mouse, waiting on God to do something. And God, if you'll show up, I'll praise you. No, no, God says, if you'll praise me, I'll show up. He'd give us that promise. And so that and so praise is when we commend or we applaud or we magnify from the depths of our heart. Not everybody praises the same. In the Bible, there's many different types of praise. There's verbal expressions of thanksgiving. That's where somebody's got to stand up and tell it. And I'll just be quite frank with you. I've got to be honest. If God has done anything for you, if you have experienced the saving grace of God, if your eyes have beheld the beauty of the creation around us here in these good old smoky mountains in which we live, I mean, if you have been able to experience the love of a family, of a mother, of a father, or you've been able to love children that's been placed in your care, if you have been adopted in and become part of a loving church fellowship like our church with wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ so committed unto the Lord, if you've experienced any of these things, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how you can sit and be quiet without having to say something about what the Lord has done. So praise in the Bible is, is expressed with many different actions. As long as it comes from the heart, it's, there's verbal expressions, there's singing, there's the playing of instruments. And let me say this to our musicians really quick. We can just cut out a, we can cut out a Sunday afternoon meeting by letting me do this to all of our musicians. I know Martha's not, Colton, it's your job. Pass all this on. Martha's not here. Elizabeth's not here. She's at home sick. And all of our musicians, listen to me, because this is a place where we come and we praise Him. That's what we're here for today. We're here to worship Him and to magnify Him, to commend Him, to applaud the God of heaven for His good grace and His good work in our lives. And because of that, the playing of instruments and the playing of music is something that ought to permeate and saturate this atmosphere. If those doors are open and people are coming in, I mean at 10... 10.45 or 10.40 whatever time, there needs to be music playing and music needs to be played from these instruments right up to the time when we preach God's Word. It wouldn't even hurt my feeling, Colton, if you learn how to do that like they do in some of those uh, churches, you know, where the preacher's preaching and they're hitting on the organ. That'll be fine with me, brother, if you're pecking on that keyboard uh, while I'm preaching. But the point is, because we're here to praise Him, music ought to saturate. They ought not to sit still or collect us. If we're here, no matter what the people's doing, we ought to be playing music and letting the music and the playing of instruments magnify our Lord. Shoutings are found in the Bible. Somebody said, I don't like it when people shout. It's in the Bible. I can't help it if you don't like it, but it's in the Bible. Shoutings are in the Bible. Clapping hands is in the Bible. Dancing's in the Bible. Now, not barroom dancing. Not tabletop dancing. We're not dressing our deacons in tutus and letting them run around the church with banners. Not that kind of dancing. Well, what is it, preacher? 
Well, it's that old-fashioned running that Grandma and Grandpa used to do. Uh, it's that old-fashioned just getting swept up in the Holy Ghost and your legs have got to go somewhere. Somebody said, I should have run. I probably should have run. Well, you just needed to do it. And they said, well, I didn't know where I'd go to. I said, just run. We'll catch you somewhere. That's what we're talking about. So that's, that's in the Bible. Crying, lifting up of our hands. There's many ways in which the people of God can praise Him. And co- so, so, so what are you waiting on, I guess is what I want to say. Well, what's it going to take to move you and to stir you? I mean, really, the fact that you're sitting here breathing today. I got up with this on my mind this morning. Man, I've got some burdens and some heartaches and cares and concerns. I've got things that's troubling my spirit. Uh, but I decided this morning, you know what? Hey, God, I'm just going to pray. You give me life. Thank goodness I've got a heart to be able to carry a burden. I'm glad I've got a heart that feels a burden, that cares about somebody else. I used to not be like that. But God's done so much to me. I said, Lord, I thank you that you're sovereign. I thank you that you're on your throne, that my troubles, my trials, they've never rattled the throne of heaven. They've never come close to throwing you off of that throne in heaven. But God, you are God, and you are God alone. Are you with me? Say amen. Well, now listen, let me say this. Not only does praise elevate us into the presence and the power of God. So however much of His presence you want to experience, however much of His power you want to see displayed, well, then you come in and you praise according to that. You don't wait. I'm just going to tell you, I can't do, no, we, I can grab one of Larry's drums. We, we, we need tambourines. That's what we need. we need. We need somebody to play those things, Larry. Wherever you go to school at, whoever gives you a degree on that kind of thing, let's get that, get that in the hands of our choir members. Colton's for it. And we done, we're going to okay that in the budget. Somebody get us some tambourines and let's, let's pray. Let's play those things. But let me, listen. I could run around here beating on tambourines. I could shake pom-poms. Man, I, we can do all that stuff. And I'm just listening to me. It ain't, it's not going to bring the presence and the power of God. I, I, we can... Friend, what, listen, what it's going to take is for this, is for you to get your heart stirred just a little bit about the goodness of God in your life. God's blessed you. And honest to goodness, and I, don't, I don't mean, and I pray I don't get any worse, but I'm 44, and the older I get, the less that I have got time and patience for junk. Um, from people and in people. I just think that way anymore. It used to be I'd take anything and listen to anything and be sympathetic and all that. I'm, I'm losing that. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just getting old and grumpy. Uh, but for God's sake, it's God saved you. You've been born again. God's given you a house to live in, clothes to wear, a job, food on your table. Don't be a mully grub Christian. Man, don't complain and whine and nag and walk around like an old Eeyore with a big old long nose and a long mouth dragging your tail around everywhere you go. Listen to me, buddy. I'm telling you, suck it up. Get over it. We ain't got room for that today. Let's just bless our Savior and praise Him for the good things He does in our lives. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Well, I'm finished. I'm going to finish it. Colton, come to the piano. Uh, Let me say this. Number two. I've only got ten points. Number two. Listen to me. Praise is a lifestyle. Okay, here's the hitch. You don't leave it at church. It's a lifestyle. This is why so many people come waiting on God's presence and God's power to be displayed before they praise Him. It's because they don't praise Him outside the church anyway. Praise is a lifestyle. If you need to pray for one thing, 
for one thing in your life, it is that God give me a heart of gratitude that I will praise you when I'm in the garden, that I will praise you when I'm at work, that I will praise you on the mountaintop, I'll praise you sitting on the lake or in a stream, I'll praise you even from a hospital bed. Give me an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving, Lord. Let my children hear me praising you and blessing your name. Praise to God is a lifestyle. The psalmist said this in Psalm 34. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He didn't say, I'm going to wait for God to work a miracle. I'm going to wait for God to pay a bill. I'm going to wait for God to give me a clean bill of health. I'm going to wait for somebody else to jump up in church and turn it loose. I'm going to wait for God to begin moving and everybody begin weeping. No, he said, my praise shall be, your praise shall be continually in my mouth. I'm going to praise you at all times. Really what the psalmist is saying is there are no inappropriate times uh, to brag on Jesus. There is no wrong time to lift up the name of Jesus for all that he's done for you. Praise is a lifestyle. And lastly I'll, lastly, I'll say this, number three, that praise, it sends the enemy running. I'll tell you why you battle the devil so often, and why you're defeated so often. Well, number one, he's attracted to the mully grubs the enemy is. He's attracted to the poor old pitiful me's the enemy is. But you so often face him and face him in defeat because you've not been a praiser. Because the Bible teaches us that praise, it sends the enemy running. I preached not long ago on a Wednesday night on Second Chronicles 20. It's a story of Jehoshaphat where uh, the armies of Ammon and several other armies are joined together and they come against the children of Judah and Jehoshaphat. And it scared the people of God to death. And they went before the Lord. Remember, they took... Uh, themselves, remember Jehoshaphat commanded to fast throughout all the land all the land fasted, they all come to the house of God Judah and all of their wives and their little ones just stood around before the Lord and they were just looking at the Lord and they said we don't know what to do, we're without strength we're without might, we're scared we're fearful, the enemies come against us what are we going to do? And God tells Jehoshaphat stand still and see the salvation of the Lord the battle's not yours, it's the Lord all you've got to go out is set yourself in battle array, and I'll handle this for you. It's finished, the Lord said. And so Jehoshaphat, so moved by this. Now watch what he did. Jehoshaphat, he took his army out and went out and set themselves against Ammon and all those other nations that had come against them. Uh, but in front of this army, the Bible says, out in front of this army, he sent praisers out in front of this army. Not special forces or special operators, not people in camouflage, not people set up in sniper positions, not an advanced element of some force, uh, but what he did, he sent praisers out. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have to scratch my head too awful long to figure out that when you're going to war against a number of people out that outnumbers you by ten to one, you don't make a peep or a sound, and you stay hid the best you can hide. Jehoshaphat got the choir to march in front of the army and to sing praises unto God. But the Bible says this. The Bible says when they begin to sing and praise, that's when the Lord started moving and that those, far, those foreign invaders began killing themselves. When the children of God begin to praise and to thank God. Let me say this as we think about the praise sins of the enemy running. 
And when we talk about praise in general, praise elevates us into the presence and power of God. Praise also is a lifestyle for us. We don't just leave it at church, but it's, it's about what we do out there. And praise sends the enemy running. When I think about praise, and if I'll praise Him, let me tell you what the praise is not. Praise is not when you feel like it. Somebody say amen right there. I'll be honest with you, I don't always feel like it. I, I don't always have a hitch in my step and a, 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 just an extra go in my giddy up. I don't always want to shout. I don't want to always raise my hand. I, I don't I want to always sing. Uh, but I know this, I know what my God's done for me, and so I've purposed in my heart, Lord, if I feel like it or don't feel like it, if I want to or don't want to, you're still worthy of the exact same praise when I feel like So, Lord, I'm going to praise you and bless you. And I can't tell you times I've crawled in this church, especially on Wednesday nights, crawled in this church, and, man, I didn't even know if I was coming. I didn't even know if I'd make it here. I really didn't want to come. I wanted to stay home. How many times I've come in like that, uh, but I sat down and got gratitude and thanksgiving in my heart, and I left here feeling physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally better off than the way I come because I praised Him. That's the way that works. See, on Wednesday nights, you're going to say, I just don't feel like coming tonight. I'm tired. I'm tired. You ought to come praise Him and see what that does for you. You ought to tithe your praises. Give Him your thanksgivings. That's why, but that goes back to laziness too, you know, because when we're too tired to come to church, we've got plenty of energy to go to the ball field, to go fishing till midnight, to go run a dog through the woods. We got in Go shopping, ladies. Let me get y'all now. Don't run from that. We'll get all you ladies. Listen, y'all to come just to praise him. Y'all to come just to praise him. June sixth. That's Abigail's birthday, but June sixth, nineteen forty nineteen forty five. June sixth. Invasion of the D Day invasion. I got the date wrong, I believe, on that, but it is June sixth. That is where and all of you know the story. The invasion of Normandy, there on the beaches at Normandy, those several beaches, Omaha and Utah beaches and all those involved. Sarah's grandpa was part of the second wave, but they landed some 160,000 troops on a 50-mile stretch of beachhead. 160,000 Allied troops on a 50-mile stretch of beachhead. We lost 10,000 Americans in one day on one beach there. 10,000. See, that's the difference between that generation and our liberal generation. That generation is willing to spill blood on foreign soil. Our generation cries to bring them home and all that junk, so there'll be blood spilt over here. See, blood's going to be shed somewhere. It's going to be on home soil or on a foreign soil. Thank God there's a generation there that went over there, and in one battle, one day, 10,000 on one beach. Hear that. What's so important about the invasion of Normandy was this. Was that the, the, the foothold established that day in Normandy, it, it was a doorway that opened all of Europe. Allied forces then made their way from those beaches all the way to Berlin. All the way to that bunker that Hitler killed himself in. It was a foothold and a stronghold. It was strategic in every way. It, it had to be. It had to be, and, and, and did it not happen, we may be speaking German or Japanese today. It was a stronghold and a foothold. 
And it opened a door to victory all the way. All the way to the war was won. The war was finished. Friends, I want to tell you what praise is. Praise is that foothold for the church of Jesus Christ today. Praise is that stronghold that brings the power of God to be displayed in His church. Where prodigals come home, where marriages are healed and brought together. Where people are saved, where sicknesses are healed. Where chains come off. We live in a day where so many people are bound by so many things. It ain't supposed to be that way for the believer. There's liberty. Jesus says, I come to set the captive free, to proclaim liberty to the captives. He come to open the jail cell and to cause the stocks and the bonds to fall off. He come for that reason. And so when His power is displayed, that's what happens in the church. When His power and His presence shows up, my friend, it, He shows up because somebody decided they would praise Him. One of the greatest revivals in history. The greatest revivals in history. Stand, and I'm going to tell you this. Stand with me right now. Be ready to respond. Be ready to move. One of the greatest revivals in history started because a little girl, a little girl about halfway back in a church service stood up and she said, I've just got something to say. I just want to say how much I love Jesus. And she sat down. And it broke loose, not only in a church, but across the land. Two continents were shook in revival because a little girl praised him without being prompted, without waiting on a moving or display of God's power and God's presence. She was ready, willing, and able. She just stood up and said, I've just got to say, I love Jesus. What if you praised him today? What if you praised Him? It would elevate us to the presence and to the display of His power. What if you made praise a lifestyle for you? Quit seeing the negative things. That happens easy, I know. Quit seeing the bad things. But praise Him and thank Him with a heart that's grateful. It'll help you home, I tell you that. You'll have more friends if you're like that. And then praise sends the enemy running. The devil's fighting you and attacking you. I can tell you how to send him on his way. Start praising the Creator. Start praising the Redeemer, the one that crushed Satan's head on Calvary's hill, the one that has in his hands the keys to death, hell, and the grave. My friend, you start acknowledging him, adoring him, worshiping him, thanking him, his presence is going to show up and the enemy can't stand in the presence of a holy God. He has to flee. You want the devil off your back? Start praising him in this altar right now.